0: and welcome to an all-new 2022 episode of Press YYZ. We made it, guys! We made it to a new year, another rotation around the sun. We are the only Canadian gaming podcast you can catch live on Twitch every Wednesday at 8 p.m. EST, as well as on podcasts and YouTube every Thursday. My name is Alexander Kazina, and I am joined today by the head of HR, Nathan McInerney. Yo, glad to be back. I'm I'm very happy we're back. Oh, I'm happy too. The one and only Mr. Mitch George. Howdy, howdy. And, of course, AJ Fraser. That's me. I'm here. Before we get started, a reminder, as always, that we here at Press stand against discrimination of any kind. While we appreciate however you choose to give back to our show, there is no better way to support us than by being excellent to each other. Uh, Let's get a little bit of housekeeping out of the way, because, of course, you can't start a new year without throwing out a bit of trash and, you know, getting your house all nice and cozied up and clean before you can move on to better, greater things in life, Get, all those New Year's resolutions. All getting those, your, getting yes. your house cozied up. I see what you did there. I mean, it doesn't even, it's not even something I think about consciously. It just rolls right off the cozy tongue. Um, yep. Our second 12-hour live stream is coming. Uh, we don't know exactly when it's going to be. I think we all, uh, in our mind's eyes, uh, have a lot of uh, ideas of what that 12-hour live stream will entail. Uh, A lot of really good ideas. Now at the moment, it's just a matter of figuring out exactly what weekend we're going to want to have it on. Uh, So if you guys are wondering to yourselves, hey, when are you guys going to do the second 12 hour live stream? We know we will get to it and we can assure you that when it happens, uh, it's going to be awesome. Uh, we will also, of course, be getting to many of the other things that we promised uh, during our 12 hour live stream back in November, like our Phasmaphoria stream, uh, the Alex Ballant Kingdom Hearts series, uh, which uh, we all know Alex Ballant will, of course, absolutely positively love. Um, in fact, who knows, we might even combine some of those things into our second 12 hour live stream. We'll see how things uh, nestle out. Uh, And, of course, uh, myself and Nathan uh, will be returning to streaming on this channel on odd days. Uh, Nathan, you're actually planning on streaming a little bit of Mortal Kombat 11 starting tomorrow.
1: Yeah, so I thought for the new year and we kind of finished up uh, the story modes on Psychonauts 2 uh, when I finished streaming last and just did some random things. But I want to go through the entire story mode, including the DLC Aftermath content um, through our stream. So we're going to be visiting it uh, each Thursday, uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, and uh, just seeing what happens in Mortal Kombat 11. Because I've heard great things about the story mode um, and Realms does great story content. So... It's-
0: yeah, so have I. You know, it makes me feel jealous whenever I hear about how much people love those game stories because, you know, uh, just a few years ago, we got the World of Light campaign mode in Smash Bros. And it was a lot of fun. There were some cool little memeable moments in there. But overall, it was kind of a wet fart from a narrative perspective. So hoping you get lots of enjoyment out of that. Um, mm-hmm. Finally, let's talk about a new little segment that we're going to be doing here on Press YZ. Uh, the other day we were talking amongst ourselves about new things that we could do on the show to help liven things up uh to you know uh give all of us uh something that we could kind of collectively talk about because oftentimes we come to new episodes with uh the little things that we've been playing and every now and then those things that we've been playing intersect like halo at the end of last year but oftentimes they don't and that can lead to long droughts where one host is talking very passionately about uh what they've been playing and the rest of us are you know politely listening and you know asking questions every now and then but there isn't all that much of a conversation sometimes. And so, um, starting this week, uh, we are going to be delving into uh, the new releases on uh, streaming and subscription services uh, like Xbox Game Pass uh, to see what they have to offer to the world uh, and offering up our opinions on them. And we figured, considering that it released just very recently, technically released last year, but it kind of snuck in at the very end, and so not many of us got a chance to play it. Um, it would be worthwhile for us to check out The Gunk, uh, the new, really released 3D action game from the studio behind the SteamWorld games. Uh, I'm personally pretty excited to check this one out. I don't know where you guys are at, mm-hmm. hype wise. Actually, I do know where you are, hype wise, because we talked about this right before the podcast, but I'm trying to, you know. It, it, I don't know what you call it, but it's when you're trying to do a podcast conversation and you're trying to pass baton to someone else and you're trying to make it seem as dramatic as possible. I have no clue what it is that you guys could possibly be thinking about this. Please save me. Let me know what's on your minds.
2: Okay. Um, with regards to the gunk, like it's one of those things that I was not necessarily looking forward to, but just had a genuine curiosity of. And so... With Halo coming out and completely demolishing any hope uh, Forza had of r- retaining my my attention, um, <laughs> yep. I've been looking for an excuse to play something other than Halo and actually other than Project Zomboid currently, because they had an update for that, and that's been taking over the internet. Um, but... Um, yeah, the the gunk is just one of those that you you kind of heard about years ago and you're just like, yeah, that sounds that sounds dumb in like the right kind of way.
0: A, a good palate cleanser of sorts. Which is so. ironic because it's called the gunk. Typically you yep. think about the gunk is the kind of stuff that gets stuck in your teeth, but maybe this will be like yeah. that pleasant yeah. little piece of pumpkin pie that wedges itself out of your teeth like an hour after you ate it and you feel real nervous for a second because it's like oh man is this how cavities start but you enjoy it all the same you know
3: yeah. i mean why why waste all those calories and just eating sugar on pumpkin pie it's disgusting
0: <laughs> oh, man. don't get me
3: started mm. on pie
0: pumpkin pie mm. i made a butternut
3: squash pie
0: over the break actually it was really good uh,
3: team team no pie chocolate cream that's about it Pumpkin pie is fantastic.
0: Apple pie is fantastic as well.
3: No, just chunks of warm fruit. Who enjoys warm fruit?
0: Me. You weirdo. (laughs) Uh, before we uh, delve into the rest of the proceedings for today's episode, I just want to very quickly say, um, at the end of last year, because of extraneous circumstances, ugh, trying to deliver a serious statement, but getting tripped up all over my words, um, Press YZ decided to uh, take a bit of an extended break over the holidays instead of pre-recording a bunch of episodes. Originally, the plan that we had in mind is that we would do episodes throughout the entirety of 2021, up until the very end um, however that ended up not happening and if you enjoy our content here on twitch it didn't feel like that long of a break because after uh, our last numbered episode we did our reactions to Jeff Keighley's game awards and then about a week after that uh, myself and AJ played a little bit of Halo Infinite together and actually got like a kind of deep into our thoughts on halo infinite's campaign so that was almost like a pseudo episode of the podcast um, but if you're somebody who just enjoys our podcast on podcast services for example it did feel like there was uh, a little bit of a gap there and so we're sorry about that in the future we will be sure to give you a bit more of a heads up so that you're not left wondering hey where did those press y or z guys go all right Let's jump right into tonight's episode. Uh, We are going to be delving into uh, all of the games that we played in the year of our Lord 2021 that we thought were the bee's knees. Uh, Before we do that, however, we've all been playing a few games very recently in the year of our Lord 2022 that most certainly are not going to be part of the aforementioned list. Or maybe they are. Uh, But either way, I figure that we might as well uh, get us talking about them out of the way first. Um, Nathan, you previously mentioned before we started that most of the games that you have to talk about tonight are part of your top five list. Unless there was something else you wanted to talk about. No, I'm good. Okay, cool. AJ. AJ. Anything yeah. that strikes your fancy that you want to talk about right here and now? Yeah, so I haven't played Halo in
2: about two weeks, and it's because uh, a, g- a game called Project Zomboid got an update. Um, Ooh. Uh, it got a multiplayer update, but I've been actually primarily playing it solo. Um, the uh, It's this kind of top-down you know, survival RPG of sorts um, where... There really is no end game other than survive. Um, and that's something that kinda like Yeah, I wanna like a Minecraft or whatever, I want to more or less uh kind of just just, just like give my own goals of like, I wanna get this vehicle up and running, or I wanna build a, a base over here and like, you know, just try to survive for as long as I can. Currently my record is about fifteen in-game days that I've survived, um, but I usually average somewhere between two and seven because of some stupid shit that happens or whatever, and I, I just I fuck up and and attract the attention of a zombie and and it it fucking gets me or something. But um, yeah, it's it's something that's been occupying a lot of my 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 time and whether I'm playing or not, because a lot of my YouTube recommendations now at this point are, um, a lot of projects on Um, I'm just going to go ahead and shout out, um, uh, the, the channel nurse, uh, you know, she, she's somebody who, who did a, a couple of playthroughs and kind of gave me my, my zomboid legs. It's, it's actually very hardcore and very dif- difficult, Game to an extent, but it's one that once once it clicks and once you can wrap your mind around, it's going to kind of consume you in, in a very satisfying way.
0: Personally, you, but, you know how Daisy was originally a mod of Arma. This this yep. looks like if you made a zombie mod of The Sims. Like I could it, see that. Yeah, it, it kind of has like that vaguely inviting look, except everything is dark and spooky.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like you have to deal with, um, you know, a panic. Your panic level. Um, you you give your character traits like um, positive traits or negative traits, and you have to to kind of build it out a certain way. Like um, some some characters may may require more food and water than others, or what have you. Um, and if that's the case, then you you. You need to be extra careful about your resources uh, that you've gathered and and whatnot, um, because you know that character may not survive as long without, you know, if you, if you get stuck out in the wilderness or something. But um, they're continuing to update the game. It's actually been a thing for like the last ten years um, in early access, and it's still in early access, um, but it's 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 very very much complete and fully playable at this point. They're just going to be adding more to it before they call it a 1.0, so.
0: Cool, 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 yeah, cool. cool. Mitch, is there anything on your mind that you want to spill before we talk about them good-ass 2021 games?
3: Uh, I've been playing a good-ass 2021 game. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, I started up Death's Door the
0: other day, and Ooh. holy
3: crap, how did I miss this game when it first came out? because it was on Xbox and you thought it might come to Game Pass? Maybe, but it was on sale over the break so I picked it up and my goodness, is this a good game? What like, did you get it on? It's I picked it up on the Xbox because it is okay. on, it was on sale. I don't know if it still is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's really good. It's it's kind of it's hard to describe it. It's sort of like a roguelike where you're dying a lot. But you're also trying to just beat these bosses to open death's door. It's it's really, really interesting and it's really fun. It's it can be very challenging at times, especially if like me, you didn't realize there was a way to improve your health until the end of the game. Okay. Oh uh, so those some of those boss fights were a little rough. But so you otherwise you're really good at it then. I am very good at this game now, and I'm I'm just at a I'm just about to, to finish it, which is why. I wasn't confident in adding it <coughs> to my list of games from last year, but I mean, I'm just about done it and it probably would have knocked a couple of games off my list to be perfectly fair, mm. but I didn't play most of it until 2022 so I figured that would not be fair to the rest of these games but my goodness is it it's something <laughs> real special, and if you haven't uh, do do be sure to check that one out.
0: If you had played it in 2021, do you think it would have ranked on the list that you're going to be sharing later? 100% it would have. It would have knocked Halo
3: off the list. And you guys know how long I've been playing Halo. Jesus Christ. We should just put it on. Okay, I'll do it now.
0: (laughs) So before we get to that, uh, I want to talk about two little games that I've been playing since the start of this year. Um, One far dopier than the other. So, a couple of days ago, we had a meeting, and at some point during the meeting, Nathan was like, oh, hey, there's this game called Lizard Lady vs. the Cats Platinum Edition uh, available on the PlayStation Store. And I was like, "Huh, oh, that sounds pretty bad. And I looked up a trailer for it, and I was like, yeah, that looks especially bad. Um Basically, uh, in a nutshell, Lizard Lady versus the Cats is a uh, third-person shooter in which you, uh, the titular Lizard Lady, must defeat the Cats, which are actually just uh, a bunch of very sexualized women with cat-ear clothing, I think. This game, uh, as you'll see in just a second, has quite possibly the most garish art style that I have ever played in a video game ever. Like, it reminds me of, like, Those like old knockoff uh, games from the NES era, like uh, Action Fifty Two, or like the Cheetah Men, for example. Uh, This game is made by one person, so I I suppose there is you know a bit of leeway to be given in that regard. But then again, Thomas was alone. (coughs) Cave Story, Undertale, a bunch of those. Other games were also made by one person and were far better than this, so I suppose I shouldn't give that much leeway. Uh, but it did give me a platinum trophy at the end, so I am happy about that. Uh, although I do got to say, so the whole deal with this game is that it's uh, Lizard Lady versus the Cats Platinum Edition, uh, because they previously released a version of Lizard Lady versus the Cats that was not a platinum edition of the game, and. They were like, oh, shit, Be- this version that we released does not have a platinum trophy attached. We'll make a platinum edition yeah. to include a platinum trophy in it, which is sort of like, you know, the, the one thing that's good about these real crappy uh, games that make their way onto the PlayStation Store is that they usually have a platinum trophy attached. So for this game to, like, not even have a platinum trophy a- after, like, out of the gate and for them to have to, like, kind of patch it in in post is like you couldn't even get that part down pat like that's <laughs> how borked this game is um but i'm happy nevertheless to have my second platinum trophy of 2022 thank um, you playstation quality control yes th- thank you <laughs> this, you guys this, are the I'm true watching saints watching the
2: footage i'm w- watching the footage here and it actually kind of reminds me of like a, the that old windows 95 screensaver where it, mm. it travels through the the brick Wall, wall maze or whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah it's kind of like that. Kind of not. It doesn't invoke Wolfenstein at all.
0: But it's like the 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 walls are that. Yeah, I mean, I would not compare this to, uh, Wolfenstein under any circumstance. The aiming in that game is so bad <laughs> that the game straight up gives you a. Uh, targeting system but it, it's so jarring because literally the moment that you press the targeting system your camera immediately switches so that whoever you just targeted it as is at like the center of your point of focus and it's so jarring um well let's move away from talking about cats and talking about bats because i also decided to start up a little game by the name of castlevania symphony of the night so The way this came about is, you know, I was scrolling through Twitter uh, as one is wont to do in the year of our Lord 2021 or 2022. uh, And I came across a person that I was following by the name of at Alan Busby. Go give him a nice fat follow. Uh, And he posted his list of all the games he uh, completed and enjoyed the most in 2021. And he had Castlevania at number three. Uh, And I was like, you know what? I never played Castlevania Symphony of the Night, uh, Symphony of the Night, man, all sorts of speech problems right off the bat. Uh, so I went on the PlayStation store and I got myself, uh, Castlevania Requiem Symphony of the Night and Rondo of Blood, which is the HD two pack that contains Symphony of the Night and, uh, Castlevania Rondo of Blood. Um, in part because it's one of the only modern ways that you can get a platinum trophy with symphony of the night. Although you do have to beat Rondo of the blood uh, alongside it to get the platinum. Uh, and I got to say, I'm having a pretty good time. I don't know whether I'm going to walk away from this one being like, wow, that truly was a classic. I was uh, just so kind of grateful to finally get around to playing this game. Uh, You know, obviously, both this game and Super Metroid have gone on to influence countless other Metroidvanias and uh, countless other, you know, games with Metroidvania elements in them. uh, Everywhere from, you know, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order to Guacamelee to even games like the Soulsborne games, for example. The thing is, is though, playing through this game, it kind of occurred to me that like, really, when you break it down, way more games have borrowed from... Castlevania Symphony of the Night than they have borrowed from Super Metroid, uh, especially when you, you know, talk about how Castlevania incorporates all these like RPG elements and all this equipment that you can uh, equip yourself with. And what's, what that's meant is that you've had way more games that have sort of refined its formula, um, but on the plus side... Uh, You know, as you might recall, recently they re-released a lot of the portable Castlevania Metroidvania games, uh, namely the ones that were released on the GBA and DS uh, onto the PlayStation Store. And I figure that uh, as much as I am enjoying uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, I think I'm going to get even more out of some of some of those games when I get around to them afterwards. Sorry, I, I don't know if you were you had your hand up, AJ, because you wanted to... Oh, no, I was scratching my head. Okay, I, I was concerned Sorry. for a second you were going to launch into a tirade about how I don't appreciate the games of yore. Um, Not quite. Speaking of games of yore, though, funny thing about this game. Um, so I get to the first encounter in the game, the infamous encounter in which Richter Belmont confronts Dracula, and Dracula delivers what? his big speech about... What is in a man? Spoilers. (laughs) Filthy little pile of secrets. And I got to that segment and the dialogue that they delivered was not that at all. And in fact, it was actually like decently spoken and performed and decently written. Uh, Turns out the version of Castlevania Symphony of the Night that I'm playing is actually uh, a like modern HD uh, adaptation of the PSP port of the game from like the Mm. late 2000s. Um, Which the good news is that like generally the PSP port of the game from what I've read online is like pretty well accepted within Castlevania circles. You know, you sometimes have things like the Final Fantasy games where those get um, adapted for smartphones and other modern consoles and they change up a lot of things in them and the old school fans aren't really happy with it. Most fans are totally a okay with the PSP port of this game uh, in part because it actually had some like pretty cool stuff uh, in it, including the like revised script and dialogue and all that. Um, But it was an interesting uh, kind of like, I'm sure that we've all had this experience before where you watch like the director's cut of a movie as opposed to the original cut of it without realizing it. And you're like, Oh wow! I guess that was the movie. I guess that was the game, and then only afterwards he realized, oh wow! I played or experienced a way different version of this than what like most people experienced back in the day. Than what you know originally proved popular and got this to be you know a work of fiction that people revered. And yeah, that's about all awesome. I have to say about Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Uh, without further ado, let's jump into talking about our uh top video games of 2021 um i have spoken quite a bit um yeah so i'm gonna go ahead and i'm going to cede the floor to the person who has spoken the least thus far in this podcast nathan
1: oh that's you me. give
0: me your number five game of the year of our lord 2021 um okay so I did think long and hard about my list this
1: year um and where things were ranking and what should be on the list and what shouldn't be on the list um even though I didn't love parts of the campaign I still think um Halo Infinite deserved to be on my list uh but it is ranking at number 5 Mhm Um uh, i thought the shooting was good uh like the mechanics of the game are solid i had some issues with the campaign and i had talked about that in this on twitter not with you guys um but i find uh, i really enjoyed the open world for the most part but it was missing things like stealth options which i'm used to seeing in other games like if i snipe um like find a place to start sniping people from a fob or in one of the outposts yeah Um, they immediately start shooting at you. There's like no time period where they take some to figure out where you're coming from, which is like what you'd expect. So there were parts like that where it it took me out a little bit. Um, But for the most part, I thought the open world was great. Um, My bigger issue was when you got to the end of the campaign, because there was no warning that you were just going into this like six mission streak of 14 missions. Like, oh, all of a sudden it's no open world it's just mission after mission after mission and there's no break and i would have liked to have that warning or to have you still jumping into the open world to maneuver to these last places um uh so yeah that's kind of my thoughts on it it's it's a good game i don't think it's the best game and i think it takes away some of the good parts at the end of the game
0: uh if you don't mind me asking, and by the way, there's going to be a bit of overlap on some of our lists, some of oh, yeah. our lists, so there will like be opportunities where some of us will chime in and share our thoughts here and there. In addition to when we present our own rankings to certain games, um, but I am curious, Nathan, do you include Halo Infinite's multiplayer as part of you ranking its campaign at number five? Yes, like
1: the it's the whole package. I think the fact that the multiplayer is there was what gets it to five. And gets it on okay. me, in my top five games. Cool.
3: Hmm, awesome.
2: So, yeah. I I and like uh, we'll we'll talk more about it. I guess I guess a little bit later, but um, you know, it's a little <laughs> higher. We just
3: talk about it now. Yeah. I mean, just... it's
2: a it's a little higher up on my list. Um, I'm not going to mention just not spoil my list yet. Um, but um, yeah, no, I I completely agree with you. Um, for me, it ranks higher on my list because I have the history of Halo. Mm-hmm. And I know that you don't. Um, for me, it 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 satisfies a lot of the things that the past two games were kind of lacking uh, in the campaign. Um, and and I I could probably argue for you. Um, it it probably gets you into the idea of Halo a little bit more and a little bit better than even trying earlier this year when you finally got your Xbox or even on PC some of the earlier games uh did
1: yeah i think the modern controls helped um because it does play like a modern shooter does and i think that's one of the biggest things when i go back to the um the older collection is i'm pressing things and things aren't where like i just feel they should be based on like how i played the games like how yeah, played ba- shooters in the ba- past. based
2: on how shooters have evolved, right? Yeah. Like I remember, I remember back in the the Halo three days, going back and forth to Call of Duty four, Modern Warfare, back to Halo or whatever. I'd always get confused and I'd accidentally going back to Halo, trying to aim down sights. I'd accidentally throw a grenade where I didn't mean to, and I'd be like, Ah, fuck! You know. So yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. So I don't know. Like like you said, it's a good game. It
1: made my list. Um I think the only other criticism I had was for somebody who's onboarding to the Halo series for the first time and hasn't played any of the games. It does a bad job um, in terms of going over the history. Um a lot of the stories relegated to the audio
2: diaries around the world. Uh and those are of, just local stories too, right? Yeah. Like not not even his history talking about the old game stories it's
1: yeah like this is a game where they should be expecting a plethora of new players because it's on game pass and the availability for it um and I don't think like it does a good job of making you care about the three main characters like the pilot uh, chief and weapon um mm-hmm. but it doesn't tell me anything about before or very little be- about before you see I think I'm guessing what is at the end of five potentially. At the very beginning,
2: yeah, um, um, uh, no, Not okay, really. kind of. Yeah, right. so that, that's that's closer to Halo Wars than anything.
1: So, okay, it, it just would have been good to see this, like either a story refresher or some way to catch people up, or do more of a full reboot.
3: Just, just for... a previously on Halo kind of montage of stuff. Yeah, even if it is just those cutscenes that were put together for the remastered versions of the games and things like that. Um, I I kind of agree with a lot of that. But for me, like Halo is a game I put so much time into this fall and I had such a good time with it. Like I said, if I hadn't played Death's Door over the last week, it would have definitely not, you know, made my list for this year. But, or I mean, it would have been in the top five for me, it just barely because I've spent so much time playing this game with people. And the social aspects of Halo for me are what make it worth playing. And I think. They've actually kind of nailed the whole battle pass progression in a free to play game in a way that a lot of other free to play games don't. Of even if you're not going to, you know, commit the money to the battle pass and not unlock the cosmetics, there's still a reason to come back to this game every day. At least at this point, they've been listening and giving feedback and fixing things that weren't quite ready to go at launch. Um, but there's a reason to play this game every day, and I think that's a big part of what makes this version of Halo special and it'll be interesting to see how this game continues to evolve with knowing we're getting the release of campaign co-op we're going to get the release of forge and we're going to get you know season two at some point in like May or long seasons Mm -hmm. it's kind of crazy for a free to play game to do that but I'm interested to see like what feedback they elicit from the community and how this game continues to grow and if the story from the end of this game without spoiling it does get continued in some fashion through subsequent seasons of the game. And if they add, you know, story DLC for free, just to add more to that campaign, I'm interested to see kind of how this evolves because they've said Halo infinite will be a platform. It won't just be a one-off. So it'll be interesting to see how this continues to grow and evolve over the next three to four years of, uh, of its lifetime.
2: Oh, um speaking of, I was on Twitter earlier, um and I some some somebody had un, I guess uncovered in like the game's files a deleted cutscene. Yes. Ooh. Um and, and if if you've played Halo 5 or read some of the the older Halo books, um you know of the Spartan by the name of Fred. Um I have a sneaky Spartan suspicion Fred. That, yeah, Spartan Fred. Um I have a sneaky suspicion that uh, when they bring back... When they actually finally get campaign co-op in, rather than playing as a copy of the Master Chief like you did through one, two, one and 2, at the very least, um, and 4, I have a sneaky suspicion that they might allow you to play as Fred, um, as the second player instead. So it's a little more... uh, lore appropriate rather than having two master
0: chiefs running around that makes sense yeah Hmm. do do you think that they they might like bring back the whole squad from halo 5 i think that would be cool let you let you pick uh, a
2: fuck osiris just let you pick uh from from blue team but uh that would, that would be interesting. At the very least, bring back Travis Willingham, give him some voice li-
0: lines for, for Fred, and that'd be great. How much, and uh, just uh, heads up, spoiler, slight spoilers ahead for uh, Halo Infinite. How much did you love that audio diary where that one guy was talking to Chief and he's like, All right, Chief, this is a mission. Do you want to do it or do you want us to call in Locke? And Chief's lock? like, <laughs> No, I'll do it. I don't honestly. I don't remember. I
2: I did so many audio logs and stuff. Can't hear you. Yeah, I don't
0: don't
3: think I picked that one up. Honestly,
0: yeah. I must have missed that one. Well, I have some more thoughts to share on Halo, but this certainly will not be the last time that we talk about it. Not even the last time that I specifically talk about it. Uh, So let's uh, put a pin in that for now uh, and switch over to you, Mitch. What is your fifth best game of twenty twenty one? Uh, so after, you know, fudging it because I've been
3: playing too much Death's Door, coming in at number five is Forza Horizon 5. <laughs> this is a game I looked forward to all year, and I'm so glad that Playground Games delivered an experience that just knocked my socks off. I couldn't stop playing it. The only thing that stopped me from playing it was the release of Halo, which it did for a number of people, which is unfortunate. But the game they delivered is great. The content is there. The driving is exactly what you want it to feel like to drive these cars across the you know the Mexican uh, <laughs> playground that you've been given to mess around with in this game, and it's it's just really really good, and more people should play it if they have not already.
2: I would have million. probably played. I probably would have played more of it if I didn't get fucking banned. We don't need to. go Oh, over let's that not again. go into that again. Yeah, but um, no, it, it it was a lot of it was a lot of fun, especially playing with you guys um, yeah. when we did that that mm-hmm. stream um when when we had the opportunity um i've tried loading it up a few times in uh in the cloud with uh xcloud um and it quite there is just enough latency on xcloud that makes it not feel good so i haven't like when i'm if i'm over at rachel's mm-hmm. or something like that where i can just only play on my phone you know it just it, you know i i've not had the motivation to try and go back to it other than giving that an attempt on you know some decent internet or what what have you but um at some point i will absolutely go back um and and try to clean up some some of that stuff so but yeah it's it's really good and i think a lot of game of the year lists overall you know maybe missing out on having this at the very least slightly included
0: All so, words
1: for Forza later.
0: Following up on that, AJ, what yeah. was uh, the number five uh, game on your list? So i i had to th- I had to think
2: back to, and I went through the whole list of everything that released to try to remember everything. And I was like, "Oh yeah, you know what? I did put a lot of time and a little bit of money into Pokemon Unite. A little bit and. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and uh, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> the I I had I had a lot of fun with it. it. It was like I I used to try to get into like Dota back when like the international was like the biggest thing because I just sort of wanted to get into something something a little more real time, um, but less micromanagey than a a a proper rts right and so pokemon unite being a pokemon moba i can't believe i didn't think of it before it just sort of kind of makes sense in in a way um you know depending on the pokemon that they put into it um but you know the few times that you and i played mitch uh it, it was a lot of fun um and, and, you know, it for a while, it was definitely one of those games where I just sort of uh, kept going back to just to get my dailies, um, which is very hard for me to do after a while. Because, like, once the new hotness comes out with me, then I'm on to that. And, you know, it, it held my attention for a good long time. And the fact that it is cross-save on uh, the phone and the Switch means I can play it pretty well literally anywhere preferably on the switch just based on the controls and stuff but it is totally serviceable and you you will do just fine playing it on the phone
3: for a second there i thought you were gonna be you were gonna say the best place to play it was on the shitter
2: yep you got it that's where i was expecting you to go i may have done that once or twice at work
0: (laughs) just because but just because just just because Speaking of the Nintendo Switch, uh, my number five game of 2021 on my own personal list uh, is a game that was a surprise to me in terms of how much I enjoyed it, Katana Zero. Uh, I played it uh, back in the day because another podcast I was listening to, Responding Fire, was playing through it at the time, and I was so impressed by it on so many levels. Of course, there's this, you know, amazing, you know, Hotline Miami-esque, you know, everything uh, kills you in one hit, but also you kill everything in one hit gameplay that initially seems super daunting and intimidating, but the more and more that you play of the game, the more kind of skilled that you get until the point that you're a complete badass and playing through so many of the earlier levels is so, so satisfying. But also the um, dialogue system in that game was like genuinely, like insanely innovative in of itself to the point that like, Like I'm telling, this is a message from my heart to all video game developers out there. I know that it's a little unscrupulous uh, to do this to a small fledgling indie game, but like steal this game's dialogue system because it might be honestly one of the best I've ever experienced in all of gaming. And I think that your games will absolutely benefit from stealing uh, from its dialogue system. Uh, and it, we, we talked about this uh, a little bit back uh, when we kind of first talked about Katana Zero back in 2021, but that one sequence where you're effectively stuck in a time loop in which you almost immediately get killed and you have to use at like your kind of like full understanding of the dialogue system to kind of make your way out of it and escape with your life so insanely creative and also really kind of dark, but n- never in a way that. Uh, to me struck me as there are definitely games that feature dark and gritty elements that feel a little bit kind of try hard but I always felt like the dark and gritty elements of uh, this game felt kind of right at home in the experience and always felt always kind of managed to kind of take me by surprise with their brutality instead of kind of making me hum and ha and be like ah, oh, here's another video game developer trying to you know emotionally manipulate me uh, this game really impressed me, and I'm really happy I had the chance to play it last year.
2: Yeah, it's that's one of those that I, I keep hearing a lot about, but I just for some reason can't bring myself to play. But um, maybe if we at some point make time for it. Yeah, maybe. Um, um, I,
1: I played on Switch in 2019 when it came out uh, and I really, really loved it. Uh, you talked a lot about what makes that game good and just the loop of the game and the different things you can do in it. Um, it's been a little while, but the music was really good. The setting was really good. The rewind feature was really cool. Um, so yeah, no, I had a really great time with it.
0: Hell yeah. Agreed. Nathan. Yo. Tell us about your number four game. Wait, did Mitchko? uh yes yeah number five was forza oh yeah that's right okay
1: never mind uh then i guess we're back to me uh my number four game as i pull my list back up here just confirm yes okay is psychonauts 2 um this was a game that came out earlier this year made by double fine who um is led by tim schafer and tim schafer has made some of my favorite games of all time when you look at grim fandango full throttle um, he's involved in the Monkey Island series, uh, Day of the Tentacle. Like, I love adventure games. And Psychonauts 2 ended up being like a love letter to ad- like to old school adventure games in a lot of ways. Don't get me wrong. It's a 3D platformer, but it's got the... Um, dialogue options of an adventure game. It does a lot of things like that. It's got this bright, vibrant, uh, colorful world. It's great to, uh, you've got multiple hub worlds, which you can go in as you're going between the levels, um, lots of collectibles to find. Uh, the only thing that holds this game back and not being higher on my list is the combat. Um, every time I got into combat in that game, it felt I like I groaned internally in my mind. Um, it, it just never felt great. Um, so that, that puts it down a little bit, but other than that, Psychonauts two is a fantastic game. And with it being on game pass, uh, everybody should be giving that a shot. Cause I think it's well worth everybody's, uh, time investment.
3: Cool. 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 Niche. Yeah. That was one of those ones that I wanted to get to over the holidays. Just couldn't find the time for death Door yeah. took me over. And speaking of death door, number four on my list, I've said enough about it. It's great. Go play it.
0: Yep. Perfect. There we go. There we go. AJ, the I... number four title on your list kind of surprised me. Yeah.
2: Um, so earlier this year, um they re released a Wii U Mario game, but with additional content on it. Um, the specifically the Bowser's Fury section of that uh what, what was the, the the other Mario game called? Super, I Mario, Super Mario 3D World. 3D World? 3D World?
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. Th- yeah, so yeah. 3D was Land it. was the 3DS game. 3D World, with a W, was, was the was Wii, U Wii U game.
2: One. Got it, got it, got it. And I had played through 3D World before um, on the Wii U. Um, but this, with the Bowser's Fury included, um, there, there was just... You could see there's clearly different teams responsible for Nintendo's different franchises at Nintendo and you could you can definitely see that there is influence on the rest of the games based on the success of Breath of the Wild and they are the Mario team is clearly trying to experiment with Mario and kind of break him out from his shell a bit it took some of the basics of 3D World and and made it, put it into kind of an open world. Um, now, traditionally, Nintendo is a little bit slower to incorporate big changes to, to some of their games. Um, so this, this is just kind of a baby step. But there's something about the atmosphere and the mood of it um, when you're when when you're you're fighting bowser there's a gigantic bowser like kaiju battle bowser and you go cat suit super saiyan mario and kick the crap out of him with that metal music playing in the background and it's it's there's there's a a lightning storm happening as as you're doing it and every it's there's something so satisfying about it. And then just the game itself, like running around to all the different worlds and traveling all the different worlds to all the different sections of this open world and, and gathering all the, the shines that you can. Um, it's it's just incredibly satisfying uh, to play. So plus uh, you can have a second player join in if you want as kind of like a, a a little bit lesser of it like a lesser experience like a kids mode whatever as uh baby bowser if you want but um you know it, it's a lot of fun the specifically <laughs> the bowser's fury part
0: i i really like it did they, did they did they ever release the bowser's fury part as like its own title no it's only no. included in in 3d world i have and, to play but, it at some point i have good. the package from my boys see that's the thing is I really think that I would really enjoy Bowser's Fury as well but I just wish that they had released it on its own like I don't really I enjoyed Super Mario 3D World back in the day I think it's good underrated but I don't know that I need to rebuy it Ooh, I don't know that I need to rebuy it
2: it and Bowser's Fury together having replayed it again this year it's
0: fine yeah last year yeah uh My number four is actually the last game on my list uh, that did not release in 2021. So rest assured, uh, podcast listeners, from here on out, it will all be 2021 games. Uh, It was AstroBot Rescue Mission. Um, In the year 2021, I made an initiative to bust out my old PSVR 1. Uh, We're calling it the 1 because, of course, uh, the PSVR 2 is now a thing. Uh, and basically set it up in front of my uh, entertainment center. And I didn't play a whole ton of games on it, but uh, the games that I played on it uh, were, I would say, well worthwhile. And I think this is far and away the most worthwhile one. Everyone, when this game came out, said, oh man, this is like the Super Mario 64 of VR platforming games. And like, I mean... Yeah, like I can't in my mind's eye imagine a game that is more that analogy than what this game was. Just such a delight to play to the point that like, and you guys know this is high praise coming from me. Like I would woefully play levels again, even after I had gotten all of the collectibles and associated trophies from them, just so that I could like go through the amazing experience of playing through them once more. We'll say like... You know, if I had to make an argument as to why this game doesn't rank a little bit higher, um, the game, I, I feel, doesn't do all that great a job of adhering to like a kind of cohesive theme or narrative in each of its kind of individual levels. We've all played a Mario game and we all know that, you know, in each Mario game you have the fire level and you have the, uh, the sand desert uh, world and you have the, you know, cloud kingdom world and, you know, it can get a little bit trite. Um, but playing through Astrobot Rescue Mission, I did kind of miss the fact that that game doesn't do that at all. It's levels do feel a little bit random and sporadic in terms of their theming and what they have you doing, but what each of them had you doing was consistently really, really great. And so this game ranks at a very nice, comfortable number four slot on my list. Awesome.
1: It's a great game, um, and I'm very much looking forward to um them, it's a sobe right a sobe yes um uh creating a new one for PSVR2 i feel like that's got to be in the cards you, you have to hope this so. with the system for free
0: yeah i i really i'm going to be so happy when they come up come out with uh, astrobot rescue mission 2 and of course when they re-release astrobot rescue mission with a new trophy list on PSVR2 cuz you know that's coming too Nathan, what's your number three game? Um, okay, so
1: technically I have two games on the list here, but I've played them both this year and
0: one's a sequel to the other, so I just thought mm-hmm. I'd marry I don't know them if up. this can stand, guys. Does this stand? Um, do we want do we want to let Nathan pair them up or do we tell him to go packing?
3: I don't care. It doesn't change the list, so yeah
0: (laughs) he's the only one putting this on his
3: list yeah doesn't matter
1: so uh all right so judgment came out i want to say in 2019 and it was a spin-off of the yakuza series well earlier this year i played the ps5 version that they released um of judgment and had a fantastic time with it it was a dark um gritty detective noir story um that really didn't doesn't fit what I know of the Yakuza universe, even though I haven't played many of those games in the past. Um, but I had a great time with the story, with the detective elements. Um, it was just it was a really fun package, and it told a very tight, uh, compelling story over the twenty four ish hours I played that main story. Um, along the way, there's lots of like, de- like small silly detective missions you can do because you are a detective for hire. So people will, you'll find ways to. F- have other things that you can be doing around the city of Kamurocho. Um So it was a great time over the break because the sequel Lost Judgment released um, in October and I hadn't had a chance to play it. So I finally picked up the Lost Judgment on sale um, and started playing that. And surprisingly, um, it told an even better story uh, than the first game, uh, which I wasn't sure if it was going to be able to top, uh, top it for me, uh, but it was really fantastic. Um, it like initially starts talking about like school bullying is a lot of the focus of the initial parts of the game, but then it balloons up from there into a government conspiracy. Um, Whoa. Yeah. Um, it, like they it, it just, and it kept going and I decided to play it a little bit differently this time where I mainlined through the story mode of Lost Judgment. Um, so I didn't do any of the side quests, didn't do any of the or side missions, side campaigns, any of the school missions, um, all that sort of stuff. Um, I kind of just mainlined and got right through the game because my thought process here if I was a detective and there was a major um issue with people dying and the government was involved and I was worried about my life, I wouldn't be going to find um help somebody's ninja dojo uh find out why his people are leaving for another ninja dojo that just doesn't seem like it's a priority for me um so, but now I'm going through, now that I've beaten the, like done the whole main campaign and gotten through the, uh, the campaign, I'm going through all, like finding all the side missions and do like working with the school. You actually, there is a school in this game because in the first game I talked about Camarocho and that's where you have, that's the main, where the main area takes place. Kamurocho is still in this game, but they've added a, like a second city area that opens up the world. Um, so lots of things to do in that area has a school that you can actually go to and you are an advisor for the mystery, um, mystery reading club, the MRC, um, because you're a detective, but you get pulled into zany things like the dance club and you have to do dance rhythm games as you teach them routines that they can do. And apparently there's a motorcycle club and a skateboarding club, which I have not unlocked yet. Um, (laughs) So lots of like little mini games and stuff. They fixed a lot of the stuff from Judgment that needed to be fixed and lost uh, like in the sequel. Um, <coughs> and it just tells a great story. I think I'm now questioning, I started Like a Dragon and I still want to go back and finish it. Um, but should I play all the other Yakuza's? I don't know. Um, but I really enjoyed Judgment and Lost Judgment. I think they tell great stories and I think they deserve to be on my game of the year list this year. Anyways. I think
3: they're coming off of Game Pass with those, aren't they?
1: The you, Kiwamis and Zero, oh, I believe, are coming off. Yeah, oh, okay. so 1 Not and 2 and Zero. The rest of them are staying up, um, for now at least. So,
0: hmm, Cool. And I think Kiwamis you, um, we have
1: on PS Plus. Anyways, go ahead. Sorry, go yeah, ahead.
0: I was going to ask. Uh, I know that you know these two are fused at the hip for you, but... If you had to choose one or over the other, would you do judgment or lost judgment? So lost judgment's the better game
1: like like I would pick lost judgment, um, but they both tell fantastic stories and there's an interesting evolution between the two two games. Um, it's one of those things where if I would recommend play the first game because there are things in the first in the second game that you'll understand because you've played the first game and characters and um building things up um they like there's even um as i'm starting to get through the side content references to missions that happened in the first game and if you didn't play the first
0: like judgment you would have no idea what they're talking about so. all right fair enough mitch what's your number three spot
3: my number three spot I'm actually surprised it's at number three and not higher, but it's Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. I'm surprised for you too on that, Mitch. I love everything Insomniac does. This game is no exception. I think the weapon design is great. Level design is perfect. I think the acting is, like, the voice acting is very well done. I think it is the best use of the PS5 hardware we've seen yet in terms of actually affecting gameplay with the ability that the speed of the SSD um, provides to game developers. I think it's the first time we've seen really level design based on that hardware as opposed to level design. Like, we've had NVMe SSDs forever, so these games have loaded fast if you were a PC Master Race kind of guy or gal or non-binary, whatever, uh, however you choose to identify. But I think part of it comes down to this is the first time where a game has been feature built for architecture that takes advantage of that technology and the way that it uses it seamlessly both in gameplay play and in terms of how you traverse between levels and worlds almost instantaneously is incredible. Um, the only thing holding it back for me is that other games came out this year that were absolutely incredible and knocked my socks off. Uh, any other year, this would be my number one pick, but... Uh, a couple other games did some very special things for me personally this year. And that's why it only uh, makes it up to number three on my list.
0: This game uh, did not rank on my personal list. Spoiler (laughs) alert. But, you know, really reflecting back on it, I know I, you know, uh, was a little bit more critical of it uh, in past episodes of the podcast, but truthfully ratchet and clank rift apart was a really, really fun game. I, I, think that some of its levels in particular like um, the one level, I forget the name of the planet but you are given access to the Rocket Boots for the first time and you first meet up with Kit and you're zip-zapping around every which way are really kind of truly something special and it's going to be interesting to eventually play Bowser's Fury and kind of compare and contrast those two because like I think um, Insomniac Games absolutely knocked it out of the park there and will Nintendo you know, uh, be able to pull off a similar magic trick. We'll have to see. Uh But yeah, that game was uh, really special. Didn't quite crack my list, but definitely makes excited to see what Insomniac has cooking next. I mean, we know what they're cooking next, right? I mean, it is true that we know about both Spider-Man 2 and their Wolverine game, but... Given what weird reality that studio is living in, they could have 17 other projects we don't know about that they have down in the pipeline.
3: And I will platinum each and every one of them. Here's
0: my theory
1: because the system's just being announced, but Ratchet uh, from their VR team Hmm. for PSVR 2. I don't know
3: how well that worked. I mean, not in first person. No, it couldn't be. It would have to be AstroBot style.
1: Yeah, it would be AstroBot style, but that's their platformer to do an like another AstroBot style game.
0: That's maybe a little more meaty. Maybe. Plus, I mean, we'll it, th- there were those segments in Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, like the um, the Clank segments where you're doing that weird corporeality stuff. That like that that segment kind of felt like a VR game. So it it, it makes sense to me, at least.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mitch is kind of nonplussed. Did did you not like those segments? I mean, they were whatever for me. Um,
1: they were the best honestly, best Clank segments in a game ever because Clank
0: hasn't typically had great segments.
3: They were but even then it was kind of more of a distraction than anything else, at least for me personally.
0: Mm -hmm. It it was cool that they let you uh, skip those levels if you just weren't feeling them. Uh, But at the same time, I feel like the last couple could have been a little bit more engaging, but uh, they weren't that bad. They weren't that bad. AJ. Why? What's your number three game? Yeah.
2: So this one actually kind of took me for a surprise. Like I said earlier, I went, uh, Kind of tried to remember everything that came out this year, and could you okay, say did I play that? Did I? Did could I you say that it took you for a ride? Yeah, something like that. I I rode out oh, in yeah. Outriders. Boo! Oh, yeah, that's fine. Um, I thought it was so, a
1: Marvel versus Capcom two reference for a second.
2: Not quite. So out, despite all of its flaws, the the poor acting. The bullet spongy nature of all the encounters um, and how frustrating it was in regards to that. Me and two of my friends would get together every day after work and play for a few hours, and it became a really, really good hangout. Um to just load up a a mission and go do this thing. Now, playing through the main story. Um, you might remember I had uh, somehow encountered a bug that completely erased all the inventory from one of my characters, rendering that character completely unplayable. And I had to start again from the beginning, from from the beginning mm-hmm. to almost max level. Um, and I was able to catch up with my friends, um, kind of kind of guiding me along the way. In about a day. So I this this is the first game in years that I've managed to get all of the achievements in. Um for for you PlayStation guys, that means get the platinum. Um and so i think part of my enjoyment also was the fact that it was a Game Pass game. It like the perfect game pass game where a lot of it is just not good but it's a it's every how you play it makes it fun in in certain ways so yeah outriders somehow making it up there but
1: we talked about it the other day um when we were having our meeting um but Outriders is one of those moments in time where because it was on Game Pass, everybody was playing it and everybody
2: was talking yeah. about it. And, and um, I, so I, myself and uh, my friend Taylor were playing on Xbox and my friend Kenny was playing on, actually bought it and played it on PlayStation and we all had the same amount of fun. I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much if I had put money up front to it.
1: Hmm
2: especially a good 90 Canadian dollars. (laughs) Mm.
0: So my number three video game of the year of our Lord 2021 might be a little bit surprising to some of you, not on the basis of what the game is, but on the basis that it ended up in the number three slot. And I'll explain things uh, a little bit more once I get to my number two, number one games. But long story short, uh, my number three game is Metroid Dread. And really what it comes down to with this game being at number three is you know, unfortunately this game kind of falls into that weird nether region of it's really good, it's really well polished, it's, in my opinion, not possessing a lot of real obvious flaws, but fact of the matter is that you can't beat the kind of spick and span and glimmer of like real kind of full-blooded triple-A games which may or may not have been the two games that uh, beat this particular game um i don't want to say that this game is not a triple-a game but you know everyone who's played it can attest it's almost more like a a double-a game or like a two and a half uh a game uh in terms of its sort of production values and just again not not quality but you know again spick and span um Other than that, I mean, yeah, I already talked about this game a lot when it first came out. Uh, This game delivered fully on what I wanted out of it, which is a kind of modern take on the Metroid formula that, you know, charted its own path forward, but also did a lot of good lip service to prior Metroids. I really was impressed by kind of, the ground 12 support that this game got not only at its release but also after its release all the like crazy like speedrunning stuff that people have been discovering in the game crazy sequence breaking stuff to the point that when i play this game again i'm like so down to see if i can even try and do some sequence breaking which is something that i've never attempted before with any of the prior metroid games um i personally thought that difficulty wise the game was right where it needed to be, Uh, but I will concede, you know, there's been a lot of scuttlebutt on the internet about uh, some of the, you know, secret breakable blocks in this game, particularly involving uh, a certain God of War creator who had a difficult time discovering the location of some of these breakable blocks. And all I'll say in that regard is I think that the game could have done a uh, better job of introducing the ability that allows you to scan your environment or reveal breakable blocks a little bit sooner which is something that Metroid Samus Returns actually did uh, and that this game does not do uh, but other than that uh, this game was a real good time awesome cool I know that you know I was the only buddy uh, the only person on this podcast that played this game to completion and we, no, we, we, oh wait hold on you played it to completion Yeah, I finished it. When did you finish it? The weekend it came out? Oh. Wait, Alex Ballant (laughs) never finished it, right? Right. Right. Okay, sorry. I must have, in my mind's eye. I
3: finished it in like three sittings.
0: (laughs) I must have, sorry. You'll have to accept my apology, Mitch. I must have conflated both of your experiences together. Uh, But yeah, I I was just going to say, I understand why, like, you didn't love it quite so much that you put it on your own kind of personal uh, games list but it made my top 10 you got some year. enjoyment for it
3: no i had a blast with it it made my top 10 <coughs> it just
0: wasn't as good as
3: the other games i played this year but it was great it was for me it was the perfect metroid game until they introduced the emmy
1: mm. hmm. that's my biggest that, that fear was, about getting into that game is the robots it, it's in the sections
3: it's fine. It's manageable. I just i i i've never liked the idea of being chased. Uh, enemy enemies you cannot defeat and have to run away from.
1: Mm-hmm. I get that.
3: I'm an action first kind of guy, so for it's, things like that, I just I don't. It's like in
2: how in Dark Souls, like the tutorial boss, you're like supposed to die to. Yeah. But if you're good enough, you can defeat him. Right. Like you should sort be like able that, yeah. to defeat an enemy. If you're good enough in those instances, but it it should be a a chore and a challenge. But yeah. Well, I mean, uh, even
3: just, it it wasn't even that like the only way to get away from the enemy is to do like a dodge or counter. I can't remember what they call it in the game, mm -hmm. but the timing window for doing that was so small. I think in the 10 hours I put into the game with, I think there's what cozy four or five or any sections. I think I did a successful counter like twice.
0: Yeah, there are seven Emmys, but one you face off while well, it's real damage at the beginning, and another one you just clean right through. So, yeah, there's like five. Yeah, yeah. and I, I will say, uh, in defense of what you're saying, Mitch, I have seen YouTube videos of people pulling off multiple counters in a row against the Emmys, and I'm like, yeah. that's, that's impossible. Like, you, I'm you replaying guys that are section 15 times n- because inhuman. I can't
3: get past the damn thing.
0: Whew. All right. Nathan, are you ready? to be the first person to unveil your number two slot game. Yes. Um,
1: well, we already talked about it. Um, my number two, uh, Mitch, is was Mitch's number three, and it's a really good game. It's called Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. Um, I have a long history dating with the rat uh, dating back with the ratchet and clank franchise to the very first game um in fact seemed like when you had a playstation 2 you either picked up ratchet and clank or jack and daxter and for some reason i slipped into the ratchet and clank side um but yeah it's a phenomenal game uh everything that mitch said about why it was great and everything does i echo it's a fantastic game kit and rivet are excellent i would actually not mind seeing a writ um a rivet and kit like game just maybe that's where you
3: get your vr title yeah that's that's what they do they use those characters for vr and ratchet and clank for like the quote-unquote core ratchet games even though we're probably not going to see one again for maybe five years if not longer
1: yeah um and that's quite possible um so but it's a great experience good story i think it's maybe the best story they've told in ratchet and clank game i haven't played the older ones in quite a while um but it, I really it does think
3: the the Ratchet and Clank future games on the PS3 told a really good story. Yeah. That, that set of games, but outside of that I would agree with you. I think the story here was really well done. Yeah,
1: really well done story. Uh voice acting you said nailed it. Uh Jennifer Hale as Rivet was fantastic. Kit's voice actor was good. Ratchet and Clank, I don't know who voices them, but they were great as usual. Um, even the mainstays um, like Captain Quark and all the other characters, they found a way to bring them back. The dimension hopping was cool. This is something that could only be done on PS5. Um, so yeah, no, um, If and even from a Platinum perspective, they kind of fixed what they messed up in Miles by making you play the whole game for Miles again for no reason, uh, where Ratchet and Clank doesn't require a full second playthrough. Um, although I did because I maxed all those weapons out to 10, um, I maxed every weapon out.
3: I'm actually very surprised we didn't get like a subsequent patch that included new game plus trophies separate from the main trophy list. Yeah. to what we got with Spider-Man,
0: I was kind of blown away at how much stuff opened up in the games, new game plus, like, not like nerves of story content, but in terms of all the new upgrades that you get for all your weapons and also all the new weapons you get too.
1: Yeah, they, they really like they boost your weapons up and like I got everyone uh, maxed out as far as I could, but it felt like actually that should have been a plat like one of the trophies is getting every weapon to le- like weapon to level 10 because that's pr- been pretty much every other platinum they've had. I a feel like
0: that would have been a I mean, I get that. I feel like that would have been a bit of a grind, though.
1: Yeah, well, except I did it. It wasn't terrible. The worst is that shield gun, um, mm-hmm. which is the one trophy that everybody hated, too um yep yep that's the worst trophy in the game that was
3: the Uh, last trophy i had to get in the game
1: yep my it was my son's last trophy too when he got his first platinum on it earlier this year um so yeah I, i and if i remember correctly too i believe there's usually in ratchet game like specific challenge points that you have to do for specific tasks that uh, weren't included in this one either so um but i expect we could see some dlc for it or a small update potentially down the line so you never know with insomniac and what they're going to throw at you
0: Uh, a lot of the games i gotta go for a second
3: just skip past me and come back not a problem
0: Uh, i i will say uh while mitch is taking his brief sojourn lots of games on this list that Either were expecting DLC from, or would be really cool to get DLC from. That thus far, I've had no DLC amount announcements. I'd love Metroid Dread DLC, uh, for example, but we have not heard like nary a peep from that game. Nintendo's not great on DLC, typically. I mean, they have gotten like better over time. They, they, mm-hmm. regardless of what you thought about the quality of it they did release those two pretty pretty like big substantial dlc packs for breath of the wild for example
1: Mm, i guess that's true um i just find like like no mario kart dlc no um i guess splatoon's an ever-changing game and has dlc uh with free drops but you're right there was the zelda dlc we never got anything for odyssey which seemed like it was primed that you could do a dlc world
0: yeah, it's... Um, so,
1: it's hit yeah. or miss with Nintendo. You never quite know where, where what you're going to get.
0: Yeah, I mean, so. the thing is that Nintendo, it's clear that, like, Nintendo is not really... With, with some exceptions, Nintendo's not really thinking necessarily about DLC in mind as, like, a long-term thing to keep its games alive with the way that, like, some other companies are. And I think that comes mm-hmm. with, you know, its upsides and its downsides. On one, time, on one hand, you know that Nintendo's, like, not trying to, like, gouge you out of all your money for the next 12 months but on the other hand you're like ah, oh, i kind of wish that they'd introduce some new like uh, carts and characters into mario kart 8 deluxe for example yeah they'll learn Mi- at some point yeah hopefully or maybe not uh mitch yeah what's your number two game
3: my number two game is not a game I thought I'd be talking about at the end of the year. Mostly because we didn't know it existed until August. Yep. Yeah. And that's Guardians of the Galaxy. Wow. Like, the game has its problems. It has its faults, of course. I know people have talked a lot about, you know, combat being a bit, a bit repetitive or, or things of that nature. But for me, the story they told the performances they got out of all of the leads the the, the actors behind star lord, gamora, drax, like they they knocked it out of the park. Mantis's actress as well, her her performance was really really well done. It's just it's it's a great comic book story. It tells us a succinct to the point story. It's got a, a achievable platinum trophy, which I know matters a lot to cozy, um as long as you are willing to follow a guide to make sure you don't miss any items. It can be done on one playthrough, which is nice.
1: Or Are there missable two, items
3: in it? There are missable items. Um, and the problem... <coughs> they kind of borked up the mission select a little bit where you, you kind of want to create a save before you start every mission or every okay. level just because... <sighs> If you, go, if you miss an item in that level and you go back via level select, it doesn't count towards the progress of that trophy, which is weird. Oh. Yeah, which is unfortunate because that would have made the game, the trophy list perfect, in my opinion. But I think that notwithstanding, I think the story they told, the the mechanics they introduced, I like the fact that we're focused just on Star-Lord and you're just playing a Star-Lord and using other characters to assist you because it allows them to tell them more um directed story if that makes sense. You don't have to have all of the guardians with you all the time because there are sections that are more impactful when it's, you know, Star-Lord, Groot and Rocket versus if everyone had to be there. Having So, having
2: hmm? not played it, I will be interested once you start playing Mass Effect to know how you like will would compare the two. Because that's kind of like what Mass Effect is. Mm-hmm. You you are the Commander Shepard and you are You know, going around with a couple of uh, your alien buddies to go, you know, complete these missions and hear their unique dialogue in those situations that you bring them on. If you bring somebody else on that mission, you're going to hear completely different dialogue than than you would or get completely different story answers or what have you. So,
3: Yeah, I think... The the other thing for me is this is a Marvel game and I am an unabashed Marvel comics film TV fan mm-hmm. fanboy whatever you want to call me yeah. and that this rendition of these characters is kind of what I'd wish we had gotten out of the Square Enix game from um, Crystal Dynamics for Marvel's Avengers where it wasn't as focused on being like a game like that that is a game as a service which is focused on end game it's focused on multiplayer is is does have its place but those aren't typically experiences that i really, you know, jive with. I mm-hmm. think i really enjoyed Marvel's Avengers for what it was and i think a lot of other people did not. Mm. But with Guardians i think there's enough there for anyone who's a fan of this property or of these characters to get something out of it as long as you can push the MCU versions of these characters out of your head for a minute while you play this, because it's an original story. It's not, it's not, it's, it pays homage to what's been done in the comp, the newer comics runs for the guardians, as well as the James Gunn directed Marvel studios films, but it is its own thing. The characters do have different backstories. There are different characters on the team. You interact with different characters in ways different from those films. And I think all in all, it tells a really good story in this Marvel universe. And I'm honestly really enjoying what Square Enix is doing with the Marvel characters and what Insomniac's doing with their Marvel characters. And I want to know what's next. I know we're getting Spider-Man. I know we're getting Wolverine. I want to know what Crystal's next project is. I want to know, maybe. I want to know that Eidos Montreal is going to make a Guardian sequel, but I also don't want to know that's happening for like three years because I want this, like I love the idea of this game was announced on, it was on people's radar. There were rumors and things, but no one really thought that we were going to see this in any form and that it was going to come out so close to its announcement. And I think that for me is what made it so important to me this year. Of I mean, It it was a surprise. It wasn't a game we knew about in 2020 and it absolutely blew me away when it came up. Um, this is
1: downloaded on my PlayStation 5. Uh, we got it for my boys. My boys have been really enjoying playing it. Or, no, sorry. My sister got it for my boys as a christmas ah. gift um so they've really enjoyed playing it so far uh they think ro- uh rocket's very funny uh they like the fact that he <laughs> uses an alternate word for the f word um but i am they tell me about it every day um let's
3: flark and go baby
1: yep yep that's the, that's the word they keep telling me flarkin um also on a quick side tangent my two kids just figured out what rick rolling was Oh, no!
3: have fun with that for the next seven to 10 years.
1: Yeah. Um, and all I've heard over the past week is um, them start a conversation. They're trying to Rick roll each other with them singing it
2: to each other.
3: You it's, need to teach I mean, them.
2: You need to teach them about the
0: game and how to lose the game. Yes, that'd be a you good. You definitely one. don't have very, to do that. Yeah. Th- that's like a weirdly <laughs> analog way of Rick rolling each other. Did their
3: did their discovery of the Rick Roll come out of never going to give you up being on the Guardian soundtrack?
1: I think that could be part of it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh.
3: <coughs> the, the one thing for me that I didn't really jive with in this game was the soundtrack. I felt like at times the songs that they chose didn't really fit with the mechanic of huddling up with your team, giving everyone a pep boost and then hearing build me a buttercup come on. It just, it didn't feel right given certain sequences and I feel like a smaller more like tailored list like we've gotten with the guardians movies might have been better rather than just going and grabbing 20 to 20 to 25 popular 80s songs songs. whereas the 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 list from the movies was a little more eclectic it was a little more you know curated curated chosen yeah for for the moment now don't don't get me wrong kickstart my kickstart my heart coming on in the moment that does in the game Chef's kiss, but there are other instances where it could have been. But it's it's random, right? Song. It is. It's it is random. random as far as I know. So there if they certain, had chosen the are, songs? there are certain there are certain segments of the game that will play certain songs. But when you're okay. doing that huddle mechanic in gameplay, it's always random.
1: Oh, okay. I get because it's not like a specifically scripted thing, so you could just have it pop up and then okay, that makes sense.
0: I, I just nope, want to uh, say, but, sorry. Go ahead.
1: Go ahead. No, you go ahead, Cozy.
0: I just want to say uh, I'm in a very similar position to Nathan where I got both this game and Deathloop uh, at severely discounted prices uh, during a Black Friday sale. Had every intention of playing it over the course of the holiday break, Uh, but my number one game took up quite a bit of my time and so I ended up not getting around to it. I 100% am going to try to get around to it as soon as possible. It's a little bit daunting because I know that the game is a little bit long, but I'm very confident that once I kind of suck up and start playing it, I'll enjoy myself. I
3: think for me personally and Square Enix, I know, or or Idols Montreal, I know you're not listening to this, but if you are, or somehow we can get this, this message to Idols Montreal, I'd appreciate it for a sequel. Just give us the option to disable certain tracks or give us an option of like maybe maybe mm-hmm. Peter upgraded from his cassette player to the zoom that we saw in the movie and give us the option to just scroll through some songs while you're in that huddle or the option on the directional pad of just picking between one to four songs and go from there it might make it feel more like my like what I feel yeah. my version of Peter Quill would be doing or using which songs as opposed to like like not even like yeah. some of the, some of the songs are great. Some of them were misses in my opinion for, for how they come up in gameplay, but that's just me.
1: That seems super reasonable and actually giving you an option, like one of four options to pick us on kind of like makes sense and lets you customize it to your play style. So that's a, that sounds really like a good idea. So yeah.
2: AJ. Hi. What's your
0: number two game?
2: Okay. Um, yeah. So my number two game Uh, despite getting banned, uh, for a stupid reason, um, I had a lot of fun playing, uh, the little bit of Forza Horizon 5 that I did, and I can recognize the absolute quality of that game, um, in, just in general, um the fact that it came to Game Pass also kind of like amplified it in a lot of people's hearts um, even though like the previous one, uh, Forza Horizon 4 came out on Game Pass as well um, more and more people getting Xboxes and being able to talk about it now and, and just having a, a good time with it, you know, kind of you know, despite that one dark mark on my experience, you know, it it's still it feels really good to play, and you know the cars are fun. I love driving around in the Warthog. I love tuning the Warthog to to be the best uh, possible vehicle in just about any race, unless it's like an X class or whatever. But you know, it, yeah, Forza, Forza Horizon Five is is fantastic, and it's my number two. Woo
0: hoo! Uh, my number two is another game very near and dear to the Xbox ecosystem. Uh, It's a game by the name of Halo Infinite. So I got to say, you know, I started from scratch with the Halo series this year. I played Halo Combat Evolved, jumped over to Halo 2 then Halo 3, Halo 3 ODST, uh, Halo Reach, and then Halo 4 and Halo 5. And, you know, I had my ups and downs uh, throughout the entire series, there are points that I really didn't like. There were points that I was really kind of surprised by, including some of the narrative beats in Halo 4. Uh, but throughout the entire period, I didn't think that uh, I'd be playing and enjoying Halo Infinite as much as I ended up enjoying it. We'll say this if uh, Halo's single player and multiplayer components had released separately at the end of the year, which, you know, who knows could have happened considering the tumultuous nature I mean, of this game's development. Did. They right. didn't, though. If they had, I probably would have put Metroid Dread at number two and either the single or multiplayer component at number three on this list. Um,
3: I mean, the multiplayer came out like three weeks before the single player. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Nevertheless, they both released in 2021. I played okay. a, thoroughly played both in 2021 and feel very confident putting the two of them together as a unit at number two on my list. I talked about this a little bit with AJ in the uh, non-episode that we did in which we talked about the campaign a bit together. The campaign for this game is, in a way, kind of what I wish the campaign for Breath of the Wild had been. I'm not saying that because I think this game is as good as Breath of the Wild or like comparable to Breath of the Wild I think it's a little bit lacking in that regard. I'm saying it because you know, one thing that I was real disappointed about with Breath of the Wild is how narrative light it felt. It really felt playing through that game like Nintendo was sort of so eager to please people that were, you know, not happy with Twilight Princess and um Skyward Sky Sword that they kind of axed a lot of the uh, kind of narrative content of those games so that they could get back to the core of what made the Zelda series special back in the NES games. And they produced a, you know, fantastic uh, game in the process, but Zelda fans like me were kind of left feeling a little bit high and dry. And what I appreciate about Halo, Halo Infinite is that it, you know, takes the kind of tried and true gameplay of the Halo series Uh, mixes it together with sort of the promise of a kind of pseudo-open world that the first few levels of uh, Halo Combat Evolved teased, and all the while still retains a lot of the kind of narrative developments and kind of commitment to quality storytelling that Halo 4 and Halo 5 both kind of got into to, in some cases, sort of mixed results. And so for that reason, I really kind of respected everything that Halo Infinite had to offer fully understanding that it's not perfect and that, you know, it has its issues here and there, as Nathan got into earlier. Speaking of Nathan, yo, do you want to tell us what your number two... Oh, hold on a second. You already told us what your number two game is, right? Yes. Which means that it's time for you, Nathan, to unveil your number one game of 2021. Number one. All right, so um, I was going to say
1: and make, make this thing up about um, like how hard this was, but this wasn't hard. Um, I bought an Xbox Series X. I don't know if you guys are aware my first Xbox this year. Uh, that might be new information for you guys. Um, and with that, I knew there was one series that I had to get my hands on. It was the Forza Horizon series. Mm -hmm. um i really really liked uh forza horizon 4 so would you be surprised when i tell you that forza horizon 5 is my game of the year
2: sorry no 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 No, not at all no No, i had Um, to think about it i was like no uh
1: i am seven thousandth in the world for completion on that game right now out of 14 million players Uh, i have over 120 hours invested in it at this point i have not missed a single piece of uh weekly seasonal content that has come out for it i have the entire car collection including every special car um i've beaten every single race uh and stunt or like objective that you can beat in that game at the moment um there's some like i've still have to do some of the rival laps which i'm gonna go with, like or create like the rivals uh best lap times and stuff which i have to go through and do um But yeah, no, it's a fantastic game. Uh, Everything we've talked about in this uh, podcast already about why this is a good game. This is a great game. There's so much good quality to it. It's probably the best open world game I've played all year. Um, And you drive around in it. Lots of hidden collectibles all over the place, but lots of things to do. Um, I get why people, because initially I was uh, hearing feedback on it when people start playing it, that there's too much to do because just races pop up all over the place. Um, but what I found, uh, was a good way to like count for that was to go into the actual legend and trigger what you want to have on the map at the time while you're working on things. So, um, yeah, I know Forza Horizon 5, 120 hours in probably the game I have played the most this year. Um, no question why people have thought about it so highly. And yeah, uh, this is why I bought an Xbox series X for these type of uh, experiences.
2: Absolutely.
0: Mitch. Yes. Are you ready to unveil your number 1 game of 2021?
3: Yes. Yes. You got to zip them all up and make sure they're turned
0: inside out as well. <laughs> Wow! Hi, Carmen. I I was not expecting. I was not expecting you got to zip them all up to win the top game of 2021 for Mitch. But I guess anything can win nowadays.
3: Yeah. Hey, it's Returnal. Returnal is my game of the year. Returnal is one of those games that came out early in the year, and I don't think enough people remembered it at the end of the year because it got snubbed in quite a few places. But (laughs) Mm The game is perfectly designed. Housemark did an incredible job shifting from their traditional arcade-style games into this much more real, much more action-oriented uh, roguelike uh, twin-stick shooter action game. It's it's phenomenal. If anyone has not played it, you essentially you're playing this astronaut who crash lands on a planet and every time she dies, she comes back on the planet and she doesn't know why and there are twists, there are turns that it is some of the best gaming I did all year. I'm still disappointed in myself that I have not yet gotten the platinum because I tend to do that with my favorite games. And this is absolutely, as of now, probably my second favorite game on the PlayStation 5. Nice. Is my, Miles I only the first? say that because uh, Spider-Man Remastered is first. Miles, uh, I'd say it's any, any of those three could be my favorite on any given day. But Spider-Man... PS4 is like my second favorite game of all time. Okay. Third, second, or third. So, with that coming out on the PS5, it's the same game, only prettier. So, I can't not like it. But in terms of original games on the PS5, it's probably my favorite over Miles. Uh, But Miles is also incredible if you have not played that. But yeah, Returnal is some of the best gaming I did all year. I still go back to it on occasion just to try to you know, get those last couple of trophies that I need. They're not easy to achieve because there was a random uh, random element to it in terms of what mm-hmm. uh, layout you get for the rooms in each of your run-throughs. So there's no guarantee you'll get everything, but they've gone back. they <coughs> made it a little easier. So I'm still uh, still chipping away at that one. But no, Returnal is some of the best gaming you can do in, or you could have done in 2021. And I'm so glad that I got to play it when I did. I've thoroughly
0: enjoyed Healthsmarks games in the past, and I'm really looking forward to eventually playing this. Uh, Much like uh, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, part of me is a bit of apprehensive because I know that this game in particular is a pretty big time commitment. Like back when I was planning out like all the games I'm going to play throughout the rest of 2021, knowing how much time that this game was going to take was honestly what got me to instead focus on games like Metroid Dread and my number one. Um, but I, I, I trust that I will really enjoy this game once I finally get to it. The,
2: uh, the, the, fact that I don't have a PS5 is one of those reasons why I didn't get to it. Um, you know, even still, you know, early on, like you heard all those, uh, news stories about how like saves were broke. Some saves were broken. Um, there was the, uh, issues with like, standby mode on on ps5 in this game um but also like the the fact that you couldn't at at least at launch the um uh what was it uh continue a run or something like that mm. you couldn't pause a run and sometimes it would go for like three hours and like not everybody has that amount of time thankfully they listened and allowed you to be able to to do that later on and that sort of like increased my interest uh in it um so hopefully, you know, hopefully one day um, I'll get a chance, whether that means getting a PS5 or if it comes to uh, PC at some point, um, which a lot of PlayStation games seem to these days. Um, and I, I'll give it a go then. But um, it's always it's been one of those ones that sort of always intrigued me. Just I did not have the means, unfortunately.
1: I definitely think there will be a PC port for it down the line with the current process they're doing. But you probably next year would be my guess.
3: Also, a friend of ours is trying to sell his PS Five. So, if you are interested, we can make that
0: connection happen. Yep. We'll we'll, we'll talk. <laughs> yeah. All right, AJ, are you ready to shock the world asunder with your yeah, you number guys, one pick? You
1: guys aren't going to believe it. Is it Catwoman versus the Lizard Men?
2: Ah, oh, fuck! How'd you get? Oh my god! How, you Cat how did Catwoman versus the Lizard Men. Yeah, Jesus, that's a reversal. Wow. Speaking of
3: reversal,
2: um, Halo Infinite, um, the whole package combined—whether it be the multiplayer um, or the uh, and the the campaign together—you um, know, it it releasing and and uh, uh, on the fifteenth for the multiplayer, and <coughs> us all having so much fun as a group, as either podcasters or even in our Discord uh, invite.gg slash press yyz. Um, you know, a, a squatting up and playing with a bunch of people in there, um, regardless of time zone, uh, being able to, you know, fuck around in multiplayer and just have fun that way. Um, but then also in the campaign, um, as a long time Halo fan for the last 20 years, um they it they finally kind of got it right e- even even like their i i can look over like some some like lack of content or what have you in like the open world or things to do in the open world because it was more important for 343 to get this correct in terms of the feel of halo um and the atmosphere, the the story itself, it was more important to have that be good, and they put all of their effort into that, and it it shows. Um, now, there there are some things that I kind of wish that they could have done better. Nathan, you mentioned earlier uh, that like some of the stealth aspects are like non-existent. Like I wish. I wish there was more variety and options in the way that you could tackle a fight Mm -hmm. more than just, I'm going to bring a fusion coil this time and throw it at a dude. Um, Or I'm going to, you know, it didn't, some some ways it didn't feel like you had a lot of variety in combat, even though you had all those different abilities you could use, none of it felt as viable or as awesome (laughs) as the, the grappling hook. So why would you switch from it? Um, I rarely did. Exactly, right? Um, but even still, knowing that, the core of it is just so well done. Um, the story, uh, they could have... I I think there could have been more background on the story, agreeing with you, Nathan, because um, you, you had no real background or context for a lot of what was happening. I do, and I still feel like there was too much missing in between games that I would have liked to experience either in the game or, um, not, not even in like some other form of media because Halo 5 ran into the problem, uh, Halo 4 and 5 ran into the problem where a lot of that story came from the books that I didn't read and Mm -hmm. that I will probably never read even though I love Halo. Um, so it's... Yeah, the, the whole package of, of, of Halo Infinite, they had to get it right, and they put out the sequel to Halo 3 that Halo 3 deserved. Um, even though like Halo Reach is like a totally viable sequel to Halo 3 of its time, they went back and then brought Halo 3 into modern times and then made us made a sequel to that and, and i really appreciate it and i'm excited to see what happens next
0: cool 100 uh let's get right to it uh my uh number one game of 2021 was a little game that uh has not yet been brought up uh, amongst the four of us, but nevertheless, I feel incredibly confident and incredibly happy in. uh, It's a little game by the name of Deathloop. Uh, I played this game a little bit before Jeff Keighley's Game Awards, just to kind of get a feel of it before the show. Uh, then I dropped off of it. Then I played through Halo Infinite's campaign. I was very confident that Halo Infinite's campaign was going to be uh, my uh, game of the year combined with its multiplayer. Uh, and then at the very last second, I was like, you know what? Let's pick up Deathloop during the break. And that game ninjaed its way to number one. Um, I think that from the title Deathloop, a lot of people look at this game and think, oh, it's like a a AAA looping game. Like it's like one of those Hades or uh, Loop Heroes. But really, like Deathloop owes way more of its DNA to really kind of like dense 3D platformers like Jack and Daxter or Super Mario 64 or Sunshine. Or I think probably the most apt comparison would be something like Majora's Mask, where it's less so about, uh, surviving loops and collecting uh, materials that allow you to kind of like eventually get better and better gear, even though that is a part of it, uh, and really more about just or sort of like scouring and discovering secrets in and mastering each of the game's uh, four different locales and discovering all <coughs> the weird, almost like Rube Goldberg. Uh, not Rube. Wait, is it Rube Goldberg? Or am yes. I getting it conflated? Okay.
2: I think, yeah, I think that's what it is.
0: Okay, because I when I, the moment I said Rube Goldberg, uh, my mind flashed to the Mighty Ducks. And I was like, uh-oh, am I getting no, Rube, the Goldberg? Rube Goldberg Rube Goldberg are the machines which run themselves. Okay, because the moment I said that, I, my mind flashed to Mighty Ducks, and I was like, oh shit, am I conflating a Rube Goldberg machine with the coach from the Mighty Ducks? But uh, yeah, you're correct. It is Rube Goldberg. The game is all about basically like just uh, searching through and discovering all these Rube Goldberg-esque ways that Deathloop's four environments interact with each other across time zones uh, through the use of discovering secrets and codes and influencing people to do all sorts of things every which way. Uh, You can cover your ears if you don't want to be spoiled on Deathloop, but this isn't even really like a spoiler You discover, uh, in the afternoon of one urban section of the game called Updom that there's a guy that wants to launch himself out of a cannon. Uh, and normally if you launch him out of the cannon, as he requests of you, he'll go flying into the sea and presumably drown. But, uh... Through a little bit of an experimentation, you discover that his cannon actually has like a battery pack that's being used to power the cannon. And if you swap out the full battery inside of the cannon with like a halfway battery, and then launch him out of the cannon, he'll actually launch himself into another area located geographically below Updom called Carls Bay. And if you then go to Carls Bay at night. Uh, you can actually discover his corpse, and you can loot it for a special ability that you can only get through that means. the The entirety of Deathloop is full of those like little experimental secrets like that that just sort of encourage you to kind of like just be like, oh, what if I? Uh, try this little thing instead. What kind of bizarre effect will it produce? And almost always, it rewards you. And much in the same way that at the end of Katana Zero, I was sort of like slip-sliding through that game and I felt like I was an utter master of everything around me. This game really makes you feel like you are the master of the death loop. Um, Didn't love... Only thing about the game that I didn't love was the kind of lack of character development on the part of its main two characters. I think... The performances that both Juliana and Colt's uh, voice actors provide are great, um, but I just feel like the game, the game wants you to kind of like feel an emotional attachment to both characters that it ultimately doesn't really do a very good job of forging. Um, but it, it speaks to the quality of the game's design that by the time that I reached the end of it, I was like, eh, it's kind of too bad they didn't pull that off, but I basically don't care. Because this game is so good otherwise.
1: Nice. Um, It's one of those games I do want to play, but I'm waiting for it to come to Game Pass next year. Because you know Mm -hmm.
0: it's coming to Game Pass next year. Right. And presumably could even get some Game Pass exclusive DLC, which would make me a little bit sad because I do want to play this game's inevitable DLC on PlayStation. But, you know, I understand how acquisitions work, unfortunately. Or fortunately. Uh, before we close out the show, we have a couple of things that we need to get to. Uh, first off, uh, our film baby, Alex Ballant, was not able to join us today. Uh, it's actually his birthday today, so go and send him many a birthday wishes Happy wish. birthday, He's Alex. at blatantly underscore Alex on Twitter. Um, nevertheless, uh, ahead of time, he actually shared um, his uh, top five games of the year. Uh, over on the twitter.com and so we'll quickly go through those right here and right now at number five he uh ranked guardians of the galaxy At number four uh his one unique game it takes two number three death loop you'd love to see it number two returnal shout out to you mitch and number one halo infinite shout out to pretty much everyone here
2: uh yeah i i wonder i'd be curious next time we can get him on to talk to him about it takes two a little bit and see like who he played that with like was it him and his girlfriend and like how did they how did they deal with it because like you know that deals with some serious subject matter sometimes so
0: yeah
3: that would be interesting that was one i tried to convince carmen to play over the break but we didn't end up getting to it but i do hope that at some point early this year we uh we can
0: play that together, and we'll we'll have to get her on for, so she can talk about it too. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a game. I gotta I gotta figure out how to play through that title because I, I absolutely want to get to it as much as I want to get to Guardians and Returnal, but the, the commitment of having to play it with another person, you know, definitely and coordinate that. Things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um. All right, well, with Alex Balance uh, (coughs) rankings in order, there's only one final thing for us to do, and that's uh, to figure out collectively um, which games ranked supreme uh, of all of the games that we ranked in our top five lists. Uh, So I have right here uh, in an Excel doc in front of me um, where all of our games ranked uh, based on uh, a kind of arbitrary point uh, scoring system that we gave to each of them so yeah. sorry did you... uh, sorry yeah no just to
2: just to explain a little bit um uh mitch last year created this wonderful document for us uh to use um and we modified it just a little bit um to try and like give a little more breathing room between each each game as it gets finally ranked but what it does is it goes, uh, takes each one of our individual top five lists and attributes points to it. So this year for fifth place, it's going to get two points, fourth place gets four points, third place gets six points, Um, second place gets eight points, and first place gets 10 points. So wherever that falls on our personal list, it gets attributed that many points. Adding those up, it becomes a ranked ordered list of whoever got the most points, whatever game got the most points, and that becomes our top games of the year,
0: in in a ranked order. And what got the most points? Well, let's find out. Going from bottom to top, um, both Pokemon Unite and Katana Zero uh, each got two points. Uh, Death Store, Psychonauts Two, Astrobot Rescue Mission, it takes two and Bowser's Fury all got four points each. Uh, Judgment slash Lost Judgment, Metroid Dread, and Outriders each got six points. Uh, Then, at the unofficial number six slot, Guardians of the Galaxy got a combined total of ten points. And then entering into the big leagues, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, got fourteen points. Uh, uh, Number four, Deathloop, got sixteen points. Number three, Returnal with 18 points. Number two, Forza Horizon 5 with 20 points. And number one, H A L O I N F I N I T E, Halo Infinite that? with 30 points.
2: I feel pretty good about it personally, um, even though I did not play three of the games on the list at all, uh, because I just. It, uh, scarcity of hardware and availability of that um you know it's just one of those things that you know unfortunate things i didn't get to play them the list may have looked a little bit different if i if i did have that chance um Mm -hmm. but um overall i'm i'm still kind of happy with it because you know you guys all seem to like the other games that are here I think
1: it's a good list. Um, I think it really represents what this year in gaming was, um, and it's very AAA heavy. I think uh, both Mitch and I tip, tend to play more indies than I think we both had lists which are very AAA heavy this year.
3: I threw an indie on there at the last second.
1: <laughs> you did it the last second. That's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, no. It's uh, but it's a good. It's been a good year for games. I keep hearing about how this year was a down year, and while it doesn't have like. I don't think it was down year. I think this was a solid year, especially for the first con like first year of consoles, brand new consoles. I think this
0: is potentially the best year of brand new consoles ever. So yeah. Yeah. I, I want to say quickly, you know, I um typically in years past have not done a very good job of playing all the big major AAA releases as they release uh in the years they come out. And I feel like, Uh, Last year, I think I did a pretty good balance of both catching up on a lot of my backlog, but also playing, you know, your Halo Infinites, your Metroid Dreads, and your Death Loops, and I think I was all the better because of it. Yeah. All right. Without further ado, I want to thank everybody for tuning into this episode of Press YYZ. If you enjoy this broadcast, be sure to follow us on Twitch, subscribe to us on YouTube, and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, You can also check us out on Twitter, at Presswise, and slide into our Discord at invite.gg/presswise to keep the conversation going. Until next time, thank you for playing.